I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 10, Hearken, O Ye People, Studying Doctrine and Covenants, Chapter 1. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. We are officially in our last few days of 2020. Who's got fingers crossed for 2021 and who's hunkering down just to see what happens? Oh boy, it's been a year, hasn't it? Um, And we're officially in the Doctrine and Covenants. So let's jump straight into it. Um, This is just looking at chapter one. And so I wanted to look at the Doctrine and Covenants in the same lens that we looked at the Book of Mormon, right? We're going to look at it in three parts with the first part being, um, what do we learn from these scriptures about the nature of God and Christ? And then what do we learn about the plan of salvation from these scriptures? And the last part is application. How do we apply this to our lives? How do we take this knowledge and make a change in our lives for the better? Um, so part one, um, chapter one, Verse 14, um, God is merciful, right? And he is just. Um, He's both. He gives us every opportunity to change, every opportunity to repent. Um, But the time will come when eventually judgment is going to come and we're either going to be counted among his people or we're not. And that is is up to us. That's not up to Heavenly Father. I think about it um, a lot in terms of parenting. I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? Um, I hear people be like, well, if God loves everybody, he'll just save everybody. I'm like, well, yes and no. Um, God does love everybody, but you still got to follow the rules, you know? Like in the same way, my daughter says that I'm a mean mommy when I put her in time out. And, you know, okay, maybe, um, but I'm putting her in timeout out of love because I don't want her to grow up and be this spoiled brat human being. I want her to be a responsible, loving human being who doesn't hit people when things don't go her way. <laughs> and so when she does hit people, she ends up in timeout. Um, and I think it's the same thing where Heavenly Father has given us these guidelines, right? He's given us the commandments. He's given us the tools and the things that we need to do and the things that we need to know in order to go and live with him again. And if we don't do those things, if we reject those things, um, if we knowingly rebel against those things, it does not change how much he loves us. It only changes whether or not we get to live with him when this is all over, when our mortal life is over and done with. Um, so it's up to us, right? Um, Heavenly Father doesn't make us do anything. Just like I don't make my daughter mad. Um, her sister doesn't make her mad and make her hit her. Um, it's, it's up to us at the end of the day. So, um, looking at verses 28 or 25, excuse me, through 28, God, um, I really like these verses. This is talking about um, 
making mistakes and making these mistakes, like making it public, right? Um, that I don't think Heavenly Father is someone who teaches through humiliation, right? Obviously, I don't think, I don't think that that's on par with his character. Um, but if you were to take out, I was thinking about this, if you were to take out every scripture that demonstrates someone else's mistake, whether it's the prophet who is writing it and demonstrates their mistakes or their weaknesses, um, or whether it's the mistakes of other people, we wouldn't be left with a whole lot of scripture. Um, we'd essentially just be left with, you know, Christ's ministry and that would be pretty much it. Everything else is a record of mistakes being made by people. Um, and I, I love that our mistakes are like, he instructs us to write these things down so that they might be instrumental in other people learning. Right. Um, and I love this idea that our mistakes are, are for us to learn. And I had this thought while I was reading this, that, um, maybe one of the reasons he instructed the early saints to make their mistakes known is because he loves them and loves us and knows that toxic perfectionism is a thing. And this isn't, I don't think that this is a 2020 plague. Um, I think toxic perfectionism is something that is very human. And so it's been around since Adam. That's According to Donica, that's just a theory. I have no evidence to back that up other than to say there are, we all, I think everybody, every generation goes through this thing of the good old days, right? Back in the good old days, people weren't as terrible. Back in the good old days, people were more righteous or they didn't do these horrible things that they do now, except they still did. It, maybe it wasn't as public. Maybe we weren't as aware of it. Um, but horrible things were still happening, right? Um, I was a 90s baby, so I look back on the 90s like, oh, the good old days. And there are people, like my parents, who obviously didn't grow up in the 90s. They were raising us in the 90s. And they were like, the 90s were messed up, yo. You should have been back there in, you know, um, the 70s. That was Those were the good old days. And those adults in the 70s were like, nah, that was messed up. You should have been there in the 50s, you know, or whatever. And so I think it's a human thing. So I think Heavenly Father is very, very aware of this. And I think he knows that our human tendency is to romanticize the past. And so somehow we look at Joseph Smith and we look at the saint, the early saints and we think, oh, you know, they were just so much more righteous than we are. Um, it's, it's hard for us because, you know, we, we struggle more than they did or whatever. We have a, this tendency to gloss over the imperfections of them, um, and make it seem like unachievable, or we have this tendency to like romanticize their lives. And so by them writing down and saying, look, I made this mistake, right? Um, the loss of the 116 pages, there's, I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of times throughout the Doctrine and Covenants where the chapter is literally like Heavenly Father rebuking one of the saints because 
things did not go according to the way that they should have, right? Uh Oh, my baby is up. Um, and I think about this specifically, the example that came to mind was with, um, Nephi. Um, I'm talking about in Helaman chapter seven, verse seven, specifically, um, Nephi is praying in his little like perch in his garden. And he talks about how he wishes he had been with the people, um, with the original Nephi, with, you know, first Nephi, Nephi. And he talks about how they were so quick to repent and da, 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 and all these things. And I always read that part, like, did you miss the part where his brothers tried to kill him and his father on many, many much occasions? Um, did, did you, did you forget about that part? Did you forget about the part when they were stuck in a storm and it was literally not until they were about to die that they were finally like, fine, I guess we'll repent and I guess we'll untie our brother now that his arms are all like swollen from being bound up for so long and so tightly. Um, and I think that that is our natural man tendency to look at the good old days. And so I think when he, when heavenly father commands the early saints to write down and make their mistakes known, um, and their chastisement known, this is to kind of bridge that gap and let us today, those of us that are reading it now and read it in the future, know that actually they were human beings and they struggled and they understand you and you understand them a lot more than you think you do. Um, and I think it was a lot of love there to be able to tell the early saints, um, write these things down. And I think also for us in our own record keeping, in our own journals, in our own podcasts and blogs and Facebook and Instagram posts and however it is that you keep a record of what's happening in your life, um, you know, social media has been um, targeted a lot for this toxic perfectionism, this idea of like, you're only seeing this one tiny little piece of what someone's life looks like. And I think it's, uh, again, gospel according to Donica right here, but I think personally, it's a command for us to be honest and transparent in our mistakes and in what's going on. Because our, our the point of our mistakes isn't to shame us, right? Your mistakes do not change the worth of your soul. Like even one iota, your, the worth of your soul, your worthiness to be loved by heavenly father and by Christ, by other people is innate. It comes from birth. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to mess it up. It exists. It is just there. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that and we think, oh, I have to be perfect in order to be loved or in order, um, for my soul to be worth something. And that's not true. That's a lie that Satan feeds us. Um, and the point of our mistakes is so we learn It's So we learn and we can say, okay, I'm not going to do that thing again. Um, so moving on a little bit, um, in verses 31 and 32, um, I, so (laughs) you're loved unconditionally, right? But also, or rather also, um, to dwell with God, to dwell with Christ in the next life, certain criteria must be met, right? 
Um, I feel like the phrase cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance is pretty straightforward, pretty clear. Um, and, but the very nature of God is of a loving father, right? We've talked about this. He gives us every opportunity to repent, every opportunity to follow the commandments. He fully 100% expects us to make mistakes. That's why he sent us Christ. That's why the plan is a savior to take upon himself the sins of the world because we are going to mess up. That's just the way that we work. Um, and he is a loving father. And so he wants to give us every chance to, um, to repent. And I love that he talks about how he cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. And then immediately after it says, nevertheless, he that repents and does the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. Like, I know you're going to mess up, but I also want you to fix your mistakes, right? Do, do your best. Um, and then, um, woo, sorry, my keyboard is pushing stuff down over here. And then one of the, it's the come follow me recommends a couple of other scriptures to read along. And one of them is Proverbs chapter three, verses 11 and 12. And I think these go along perfectly with the notion, with the character of God as a loving father that, um, and the character of Christ as a loving brother, right? The Lord corrects those who he loves. Um, and this is why he corrects all of us, right? He's no respecter of persons. The commandments are for every single one of us, whether, you know, you're me or you're the prophet, whether it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're a human being walking on this planet, this is for you. Um, and we know God is no respecter of persons. We know that if you repent, you will be forgiven, right? It's the, um, broken heart, contrite spirit. No broken. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> Still pregnant. You guys, while I'm recording this, um, not by the time you listen to it. <laughs> okay. Part two plan of salvation. So in the doctrine and covenants, chapter one, verse two, um, I think sometimes within the church, we kind of forget this, that while we are the ones who recognize the prophet, as the prophet, as the president of the church, we recognize he is the prophet. He's not the church of Je He's not the prophet of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? He's the president of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in terms of organization, but he is the prophet of the world, right? The whole world, the entire earth world. He's the prophet. Um, he is the mouthpiece of God. And so the words he speaks are for everyone. Um, and so I think it's interesting how sometimes people will not want to share things because they're worried about offending things. I'm like, this is like, think about it as news, right? This is news. Everybody needs to know this. It's not like, oh, we only tell some people the news. We don't tell other people the news because we're worried they might get offended by it. Like, no, we tell everybody because everybody needs to know that this is what's going on. Okay. The words of our prophet are for every single human being on this planet. Okay. Um, verses 19 and 20, there will come a time when no one will be able to deny that Jesus is the Christ. Um, and I love the phrase weak things of the world. Um, cause I feel like sometimes, um, what God deems, excuse me, as strong is not what the world deems as strong. 
And I think, um, again, one of our human tendencies is comparison. We tend to compare ourselves to other people. Um, and that can be really dangerous when you're trying to follow Heavenly Father's path and you're using, you're comparing yourself to people of the world who use the world's definition of strong. Um, and you compare it to yourself because what God's definition of strong is, what God's definition of weak things are, is going to be different um, because the world and God are two different things, right? Um, and I also love that we know um, our, so it, the one of the other scriptures of the Come Follow Me recommends reading is Ether 12, 27, where it talks about how we know that um, God gave us our weaknesses so we might turn to him and so that we he can make up the difference and he can make our weak things strong. Um, and so I love, kind of back to 19 and 20, I love the idea that um, that the weak things of the world shall come forth and break down the mighty and strong ones, right? So the things that are deemed weak by the world will come and break down the things that are deemed strong by the world because the things that are deemed, this is again, gospel according to Donica, this, the things that are deemed weak by the world, right? This idea of being meek, this idea of being humble. Um, a lot of the times those are looked as on as weaknesses. Compassion is looked on as a weakness in many parts of the world. Um, I remember my dad telling this story. <clears throat> so my dad was military and he was in charge of this troop of guys. I couldn't tell you what the technical term was cause I was a kid and I didn't pay attention. Um, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so he's in charge of this group of guys and this one guy like messed up big time. And I remember my dad telling us this story like later on, um, and saying that he had compassion on the guy. He realized the guy had messed up. The guy realized he had messed up. And he, I remember my dad telling him, um, do not mistake my mercy for weakness, right? Because a lot of the times people will, they'll be like, oh, well, he gave that guy some slack. He's not very strong. Like he's, you know, not understanding that mercy and that hum being humble and being meek are actually strengths of character, um, especially the way God sees it. Okay. So last thing, application. I was reading and reading and reading over this, my notes, trying to figure out like, what is our application here? And the one thing that kept coming back to me is just repent, repent right now. Um, and I think a lot of times we look at repentance. I know I did for a long time as this, like you were wrong, you were bad, you know, shame on you that you need to repent. And that's not what repentance is even a little bit. Repentance is, I am here, right? I'm at point A right now, and my point B, my destination, is to get to live with Heavenly Father. Repentance is, my GPS has said, hey, you made a wrong turn. Repentance is me turning back onto a course. Repentance is me getting right back on path. And as someone who sat on some stuff for a while and finally got it cleared up, um, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. There's a weight I didn't even know I was carrying that I finally was able to put down and that I was all of a sudden the spirit was so much clearer. I never thought I was like, I always felt like I had a really good connection to the spirit and I cleaned up some stuff. And all of a sudden this, like, it's like changing from dial up to Wi-Fi in terms of clarity, in terms of speed. Um, 
And so I cannot stress enough that if you've got stuff that you need to fix, if you've got people you need to apologize to, um, go and do it and know that it's not, repentance is not there to make you feel bad about yourself. It's there to help you learn and move forward and become closer to Heavenly Father to help you lean more on the um, atonement and to course correct and get back to the course that is going to take you to live with our Heavenly Father. And I will see you next week.